Blog Talk Radio. And you're listening to Live Without Limits, the dreams come true with the right mindset from the Blog Talk Radio Network. And today's presentation is titled The Five Types of Dysfunctional Family Dynamics and the Four Ways to Overcome Them. For one thing, if you look back in the history of time that the things that influence each family come from the environment, but also come from past history. Because if your parents come from a home where there was a lot of abuse, a lot of negativity, what did they learn? Exactly what went on in the home. What do they do? They find someone in their comfort zone that compliments them in that relationship where they're repeating the same behaviors that they knew from the childhood that they grew up and the home they grew up in. But you can change, but to do so, you must become aware of what's going on in the family and you have to want to change. And you also have to be aware that when you do so, it's going to upturn the apple cart in the family, and they're going to try and pull you back into those old behaviors. So you aren't destined to become your parents, no matter how much society tries to tell us that this is the case. While most of us love our parents and we go to the moon and back for them, as we get older, we might notice a crossroads of life. You notice that your parents or family cycles are unhealthy behavior. And maybe you realize that you exhibit some of the same behaviors. So the good news is you don't have to carry these unhealthy cycles through your life, nor do you need to pass them on to your own children. In fact, let's stop these dysfunctional family behaviors here and now. It stops with us. And this presentation is all about empowering you those dysfunctional family cycles of behavior and rise above them, becoming your best self and passing on the best traits and lessons that you possibly can for your children. And before I actually go on, I'm going to say this. I grew up with a disability at a time when society didn't even recognize its disability community as existing. Then I had a family that was very dysfunctional. I had a mother who came from a family where her mother was very negative, and would just 
go and talk against each of the children to the other children to create more animosity between them. And my father grew up in a home where there was a lot of physical abuse. So that's what they brought to their relationship. And their relationship was never based on love as much as it was companionship and mutual need. Because my father was a lawyer in Savannah, Georgia, which was at the time a relatively small town, still a small town, but it's considered one of the five major cities within Georgia. And because he liked to give dinner parties for other lawyers and the judges, he was looking for someone who could be the cook and be the hostess for these dinner parties. My mother wanted financial security because, in essence, my grandfather, when his family came over to America from Russia, they settled in Savannah, and he worked in the business with the family. But he could not take the heat and the weather there, so he went back to Russia. And when he came back again to the United States, he settled in New York City. And my grandmother fought with him almost every day from the day they got married. And he would, in essence, take off and travel around the country and come back. Every time he left, she was pregnant. Every time he came back, there was another baby. So there were 10 children in the family. And one of them died at a year old, and that was my mother's twin. Now, deep down in her psyche, I think she, she knew, but she was also a very miserable and unhappy person and was determined to make everyone around her just as unhappy as she possibly could. And she was somewhat of a narcissist because everything was about her. And all she ever did was criticize everything anyone did. And then because my father came from a home where there was a lot of physical abuse, he thought nothing of picking up his hand as discipline to his children. But dang, we understand that what they considered discipline back then is today considered physical abuse because there's a difference between disciplining a child for something they did wrong and teaching them to, to be better than just to plain hit them and put them in a position where they, they fear you. And I remember being a 12-year-old child going in my bedroom, crying and upset, and then climbing out of the window. But when I was 12 years old, that was still 63, 64, someone's in there, and It was 63, uh, late 63, early 64. But I remember climbing out of the window. And back then, you had 
that was never talked about as being physical abuse. And I can remember being 12 years old, being disciplined for who knows what before I even went to the went to school and had to be at the at the door ready when the doors opened, crying and upset, and someone saying to me, Who hit you? And my saying, My father. Now today if you said that in the schoolroom, they would have a social worker in the home. Back then it was just considered well she's just a bad child. So you can imagine all the impact that had on me. And I knew early on that my comfort zone was to be in an abusive relationship. And I always said I never wanted an abusive relationship. And because of that, and because of the fact that I grew up with a disability before society even accepted its disability community, community, and because my disability is so very obvious because it's a physical disability, I was always bullied and ostracized. And even that left a lasting impression on me that for me, it was always putting up the walls to protect myself. And more than anything, it made me stronger, but it also ended up making me in essence, to a degree, a loner, even though that's not my natural personality. So how do you know that your family is dysfunctional? A dysfunctional family is any family with more than one person in it, said Mary Carr. The truth is that no family is perfect. Every person has their own options, biases, perceptions, and emotions. So throw three or more similar people into one room, and you're likely going to have a few disputes arise. This is completely normal. In fact, it's let's normalize dysfunctional families altogether. Every family has its flaws, no matter how perfect it all might look from the outside. Arguably, some have bigger flaws and darker corners than others, similar to differences between people. Now, when you, because we all have different types of personalities, personalities are going to clash. So no relationship is ever going to be perfect. Now, it may be perfect or somewhat perfect in a romance novel, but believe me, that's not a true family. Yeah, as adults, the picture-perfect ideal we thought our family once was might get slightly eroded by our own emotional maturity. You might notice that you're particularly sensitive to guilt-type tripping due to your own parents guilt-tripping you when you were young, or perhaps you would become the guilt-tripper, learning it from your upbringing. Whatever the case may be, there are a few telltale signs that you might come from a dysfunctional family or are currently in one. So here are some signs 
of a dysfunctional family. Dysfunctional families come in all shapes and sizes. Some indicators that your family might be a, a bit dysfunctional is addiction, perfectionism, neglect, abuse, which is emotional and physical. My mother emotionally abused by always telling you what you couldn't do. And my father physically abused because he was he always he always had a heavy hand and was always willing to pick it up at us whenever he got angry. Fear, anxiety, conditional love, weak or a lack of boundaries, poor intimacy, poor communication, low self confidence. And my mother really had her own low self-confidence. This is why she was constantly criticizing because it made her feel better about herself. And I always remember her talking about what the next person had and how much money they had and the kind of home they lived in or the kind of car they drove. And those things really shouldn't matter at all. If the above sounds familiar and dread sets in when you think of spending time with those you love, keep listening. We'll examine the five types of dysfunctional family dynamics below, as well as how you can overcome them as an individual. So what are the five types of dysfunctional family dynamics. The five types of dysfunctional family dynamics include substance abuse. Shockingly, 8 million children are looked after by parents who struggle with substance abuse. Inevitably, this can lead to neglect, abuse, inconsistent parenting tactics, and more. Meanwhile, the children in this type of family may struggle with self-esteem issues and trust, as well as feel anger towards their parents and family for their upbringing and personal issues. And often, people who suffer from substance abuse have a, well, addictive behavior pattern, and often it's something that's hard to break. And really and truly, whether it's drug abuse or whether it's alcohol abuse, it's still substance abuse. And I think many a times, why do you see what actors tend to be be, uh, hear, uh, you hear about it more from actors, or you may even hear actors who come from families where there was a lot of substance abuse. And you've got to remember that when you look over the different generations, what was available in the 1950s was mainly alcohol. And it really wasn't until the 60s that drugs became available. But even today, the type of drugs that are available and what they're putting in the drugs is very different 
than what it was 20, 30, 40 years ago. Conflict-driven. Do you have family members that you've never met? Or do you know of certain family members that just don't talk to each other? Or perhaps there's always at least one heated argument or outburst at a family get-together. And, oh, I can remember at a, a number of weddings and bar mitzvahs where there were outbursts within the family. And people would, would wonder how long it was going to take before the first outburst happened. All in all, this can create a very stressful environment for children growing up in their family, as well as adults. Constant struggle of miscommunication becomes tangled with issues that never actually get resolved. This can lead to attachment issues, self-confidence problems, and even our own miscommunication pitfalls. Since as a child in this type of family, you may have never seen a healthy communication or resolve. Violent, verbal, sexual, physical, or emotional abuse damages a person at their core. And that is so true. And I remember I suffered both verbal and physical abuse along with emotional abuse because just the fact that I was someone with a disability at a time when children, when society didn't, it was like a constant barrage, how I would never, never be equal to anyone or a constant barrage of how I was so helpless and dependent on other people, even though there were a lot of things that I could do for myself all they focused in on was all the things that I couldn't do. It can alter the brain development of a child, leading to decreased ability for learning and memory, heightened states of fear, lack of coordination, and more. Authoritarianism. This is the typical strict parent's family with many names, like helicopter parents. Any slip-up or mistake can feel world-ending for the children in this situation. Mistakes or mishaps are met with severe punishment with no discussion. It's a dictatorship-run household. Ultimately, this can lead to the development of poor self-esteem, anxiety, depression, excessive shyness, excessive aggressiveness, or substance abuse, vulnerability due to a lack of knowledge and how to cope healthily. And this is why it's so important to get help today, to get into the mental health system. Find a therapist who understands what you've been through and can help you deal with it. But get the help you need. It's so important. 
emotionally detached. If you never receive hugs, warmth, or affection from your parents growing up, you might have come from an emotionally detached, dysfunctional family. This might make you emotionally unavailable as an adult, as well as you might experience a difficult time being vulnerable, opening up, feeling worthy, and developing a solid identity. Do you know that I remember only once did my father ever hug me and tell me that he loved me? And this, I think I, that was about the time I was 12 years old, too. But I remember I was, I got hit for something, and I got told I was never going to get my allowance unless, again, unless I apologized. And oh, and, and I would never apologize. And finally, after six weeks, I did. And you know, that's the only time I ever remember my father hugging me and telling me he loved me. And I don't ever remember getting that from my mother. And I realized it's, it's, they really just didn't know how to show love because they never got it themselves in the home they came from. So understanding that is half the battle, but you also need to to understand that when your needs are not being met as a child, then you don't know how to meet someone else's need, especially your own children. So how to overcome growing up in a dysfunctional family, the hard truth is that we can't choose our family. Thus, whether you're in a dysfunctional family or not, most of us don't have a choice or other option. At the same time, if you notice abuse at any time or homecoming to children, it's important to call the right resources and emergency lines in your town or city to ensure that the safety of these those involved. And I remember when I was in college, I worked for the helplines. And not only that, I trained in how to deal with someone who would call in because they were suicidal just simply because of the home they come from. And the funny thing is, when you talk about mental illness, that's a hidden disability, and there were so many that I knew of that at the time committed suicide. And I don't know how many of you have heard of Rick Springfield's story and the fact that he suffers from depression, and he talked about trying to commit suicide as a teenager, only it not working, and that it's always issues that, that he has to deal with even to this day. So, as an adult, how can you overcome these dysfunctions? It's totally within your power. Find a support network. This may include friends, therapy, support groups, online communities with the asset of 
the technology and the internet. There are many groups that you can find. And even in your churches today, you can find someone. You've got the community mental health centers. You've got in your church support groups, whether it's Alcoholics Anonymous, whether it's Was and um, for uh, there's a group for drug addicts, various different ones. But you need to find a group that will help you and be there for you. Learn about proper communication and healthy relationships. Since you may not have seen a healthy relationship or family as a child, it's important to learn what exactly that might look like, and how you can start applying skills to facilitate exactly that within your own life. Avoid taking on a victim mentality. And in transactional analysis, there's a triangle, and the triangle has the victim, the persecutor, and the rescuer. And the persecutor is the one that's always criticizing. And the rescuer, they're kind of semi-rescuing them. They're not truly. It's a co-thing that they do with the persecutor to keep you as the victim and constantly barrage you and belittle you because it makes them feel so much better because they themselves have low self-esteem. As a victim, you don't have control, but the truth is that you do. So toss the victim mentality to the side and take ownership of your own life. Yes, bad stuff happens, but it all doesn't have to define you. Of course, depending on your history, it won't be as simple as snapping your fingers and making it better. But you can choose the path to heal yourself and move forward. Now, I can remember being in that triangle. And as a very young child, I internalized a lot of that. But as I started studying psychology and mental health and the different modalities, what happened was I learned how to turn around and walk away from them so they couldn't make me the victim. And guess what? They resented that because it was so important for them to make them feel better about themselves by trying to make me the victim, and I never let them do that to me. But it was a technique that I learned to do. Create healthy habits. Exercise regularly. Eat a healthy diet. Do mental health practice and anxiety stress reducing techniques. Find healthy ways to cope, such as journaling, therapy, meditation, breathing exercises, and more. And these are things that you're seeing about even now that are very much a part of what's happening and what's being talked about. 
And so, as you can see, a lot of the things that were not talked about in the past are definitely being talked about today, and especially since the, the pandemic hit, because people are becoming more aware of the different things that affect our health and our mental health. So we can't choose where we come from, but we can choose where we're going. And the past is important to change. What we do with our future is up to us. With the Internet, we have the learning library at our fingertips to take back control of your future by learning more about what you need to know and let go of past cycles to become a better person. And what I want to tell you is I have a number of courses on personal development on my website, askdavidashinsky.com. And for $47 a month, you have access to these courses. So you can go to my website, and that's the number one, personalcareercoach.com. You can sign up for some master classes. You can sign up for my courses, and you can learn how to improve your, your mental health. 